everyone, and welcome to another Motivational Monday on Justin, the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O, at Justin Bizarro on Instagram, and at Justin, the Food Entrepreneur's on Instagram and Facebook. Deborah is back with us again for another Motivational Monday. She's loving, she's kind, and she's amazing. <laughs> How are you doing today, Deborah? I'm very good. Thank you. So, Deborah, I want to tell everyone about the weekend we had and the the culture we experienced and sort of how building culture translates into business. You know, what are your thoughts? Tell us a little bit about this weekend. Well, we had a tremendous weekend. We uh, were down in Louisiana. Uh, we had one night, actually both nights, we stayed in New Orleans, but one of the nights we went to an LSU it was their homecoming game. It was a big game against the Gators. Uh, the game itself was pretty phenomenal. And uh, prior to the game, we uh, went to a tailgate. And quite interestingly, we were invited by one of our clients. And we he was telling us that we should not leave any later than 10 o'clock in the morning to start heading towards the game. And keep in mind, the game was at 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah, 7.10, I think, is when kickoff was. Yeah. And so why so early? I mean, I know the answer to this, but I want you to tell the audience. Uh, well, one was we had an hour drive. Not that that's so far. But um, it's really because they have a huge tailgate. It's um, The stadium holds a little over than 100,000 people, but the tailgate is half a million people. So, I mean, it's enormous. It stretches everywhere. I mean, there's some places where I was asking him, I'm like, well, how do you have a spot? You know, how does, how is this range? Cause I was thinking there'd be like a number or something and you'd rent it out. Well, that's not really totally how it goes. They have an area that you can rent them out, but most of it is it's just tradition. And people know, like if someone were to go and set up a tent in your spot, like all the neighbors would be like, no, no, that's so-and-so spot. And so it's just, you know, this is a tradition that's been going on forever. And well, we went into one of the stores that had, you know, all the LSU stuff and all the LSU gear. We saw a t-shirt and it said... 125 year tradition. And so I was like, Oh my God, you know, this place has been here for 125 years. That's crazy. But I think that's exactly how they have such a massive following. Well, LSU has been there longer. That's how long 125 year tradition is the football program at Ah, LSU. I did not know that. So they've been playing football competitively as a collegiate school for 100, well, almost 126 years. It'll be 126 years on November 25th, <laughs> Justin loves dates. He, he's like phenomenal with dates. You need to know anything of when something happened. Not only can he give you a date, but he can probably even tell you what day of the week it was. So it's yeah. pretty phenomenal. It's a little bit weird, but it happens. So, Deborah, I really want to talk about this because... We experienced, there's probably not many other schools or cultures like this. I mean, we've been to other tailgates, um, colleges and things like that, and people reserve spots and it's their spot and that's the way it goes and they get catering. This is sort of 500,000 people plus randomly all over the place. Might have been a little more because it was homecoming weekend, but there's this culture there they've created. I mean, the loyalty the craziness of the fans, the 
and I use craziness lightly. I'm not talking crazy. I'm talking about how loyal they are. And dedicated. Yeah. I mean, it was phenomenal. Literally every person, head to toe, LSU gear. I mean, it was just, everyone was festive. I couldn't believe how many people knew each other. And I think it's, again, it goes back to this tradition where they've, I mean, the people we were there with have been doing it since they were kids and they're now, you know, into their forties. And it's just a huge tradition. And you see kids out there and they're throwing the football and they're playing, they're having fun. And I mean, it's just something they're brought up on. It's, it's a really cool, I mean, we fell in love with it. It's, it was amazing. Now, keeping in mind, neither Deborah or I for undergrad or graduate school went to LSU <laughs> University. So this is the first time we've ever experienced True. this. Yep. And one of the other craziest things we heard is a lot of these people, even if they don't go to the games to support LSU, they literally pack up their tailgates and go on the road for away games as well. I know. I find that totally just unbelievable because to try and figure that out in other cities and stuff has got to just be a trick. And so, but either way, it's super fun. And I mean, I can't tell you what a blast we had. And I mean, it wasn't just that the people that we went with were really fun and really hospitable and introduced us to everyone. And, but it's just the whole, scene i mean there's people barbecuing and i mean and plus add in the southern food everyone has these massive kettles um you know they they're probably i don't know 15 gallons or 30 gallons or you know which are pretty big considering these are just people at a barbecue and they've got etouffee and they've got all this yummy southern food and we had pastalaya which is um their little take on jambalaya but it has pasta in it is the comfort food of all comfort foods fell in love with it totally want to eat it again it was amazing no and i think everyone needs to visualize this because you have this cajun style of food mixed in with how dedicated and obsessed the southern united states is with american football <laughs> they are completely huge fans and then add in this crazy dedication loyalty to the purple and gold which is lsu the fighting tigers they even have a six million dollar tiger zoo for mike the tiger their tiger we understand he's a real tiger we didn't get to see it there were too many people they even do this massive parade which i had to put deborah up on my shoulders so she could see it and take pictures before the game and so there's tradition after tradition after tradition after tradition yeah. built into this over 125 years that makes this thing that leaves you wanting to either go there to school i mean i may go back and do my undergrad all over again hopefully my fraternity will still let me in but it does it it one it's the best kind of branding i can think of you go there you want to go to school there you want to be a part of it you want to get your education there you want to be an alumni you want to be a fan of their football team this marketing thing that just happened now while some of it's on purpose it's not everyone just does it. I don't even think the people know they're doing it. The outfits they wear, the dedication, the traditional gear, the craziness when they score a touchdown or win a football game. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And I, you know, honestly, I kind of couldn't believe it too. I mean, one, the generosity of the people who invited us, it was very just kind and I mean, over the top. We loved it. We had so much fun. But when we were going into the stadium, the, you know, they gave us our tickets and I looked at the ticket and the ticket price 
was $110. I was kind of blown away. I'm like, this is a college football game. I, I thought that was, I mean, it yeah. seems like you could go to some NFL games for that price, for sure. Now, Deborah and I go to Broncos games probably about one to two games a year. We get our, our little fix. But it wasn't this. The yeah. sports shops were booming with people buying gear for the game. They People were decked out head to toe in every kind of gear you could imagine. They're all loyal. It's not like someone could actually go to the Denver Broncos. These people are alumni. It's homecoming. People are partying in the parking lot since some of them 7 a.m. in the morning, we heard, preparing. They've got trailers with TVs and satellite dishes watching games. They've got food going and booze and drinks and kids running around and the social life that's around it around LSU football. It was amazing. And not only that, but I mean, the day prior, we were still in Colorado. We, we flew out to go to the game. And so we flew out a day early, but even a day early, we got a phone call at six in the morning and they were setting, they were like packing up the trailer and getting ready to take everything to the game. And they were calling me like, Hey, what do you guys want to drink? And it was just like, I'm sure whatever you have is perfect, you know, but I mean, they're, they, you know, are doing this the day prior. It's Friday. They're doing their load in to get everything there and get it ready and set up. And, you know, it was pretty amazing. And then it's just crazy to think that while 100,000 people go into the game, 400,000 people stay outside the game and watch it. I they mean, it's it, phenomenal. Yeah. So they can hear the people cheering from the stands. Yeah, they were telling us, they said, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, they'll hear the screams real time coming out of the stadium. And then there's ever so slightly a delay. And then on the, t- you know, and they're like, what happened? And, you know, a couple, like a fraction of a second later, they see it on the television screen. So that was kind of fun to hear about. Yeah, and they were playing the Florida Gators, which they won the game, which was awesome. It was awesome. They're now 6-0 and undefeated, number two in the nation, which it's hard. <laughs> Deborah and I, they may have made fans out of Deborah and I, oddly. Totally made fans. And, uh, you know, even though I'm a University of North Carolina Chapel Hill fan, and Deborah's obviously Go University Buffs. of Colorado Boulder <laughs> fan, because that's our alma maters, it's, um, it's hard because there's not it's not the same. I don't care what kind of football game and what kind of loyalty there is a dedication to a brand and, and something that they've built. And yes, it's SAC football. Yes. The people are, are dedicated alumni and fans, but there's a whole social aspect over being dedicated to their teams that goes well beyond any NFL experience I've ever had and any other college football experience I've had. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's completely a ritual. It's something they do every weekend. It's just part of their life. I mean, it's like some people go to church or some people work out. This is what they do. It's, you know, they live it, they breathe it. They're, you know, the outfits too. The guy that we went with, he had like gold and purple pants that were uh, Argyle. Argyle? Is that what they were? Yeah. It was awesome. Anyway, so that was super fun. But can I tell you my favorite thing, Justin? Sure. I didn't tell you. Um, (laughs) I thought it was super cool as we were walking around. You know, they have all these different grills and I mean, people are really, you know, the equipment they have out there. But I can't tell you how many um, gators, since they were playing the Florida Gators, how many gators we saw on the grill. Some wrapped in bacon, some on a spit, you know, on a rotation history some i mean they had all these different versions of it i thought it was hysterical they were all roasting them up yeah they were um 
We're talking real gators, guys, just yeah. so you know, like alligators, the animal, skinned, barbecuing because they were playing the gators. As yeah. they said, they were tiger bait. <laughs> tiger bait. Yeah. And then even the tent we were at, they they had like an entire chafing dish filled with this delicious gator that I don't know what it was seasoned with, but it was quite amazing. And in case you're wondering... It tastes like chicken. <laughs> yeah, it, I would. Uh, I would highly recommend anyone try alligator. It was delicious. It is amazing. It's the other, other, other white meat, <laughs> and so there's that. And you know, if anyone wants to see what we're talking about, there's pictures um, and stories going to be on my Instagram throughout the week. There's already some on my stories. If you look back to hashtag Bizarro Life, you can see the forty gallon cauldron of pastalaya that they were making uh, on there on one of the feeds. But you can also see what we're talking about here. Again, that's hashtag Bizarro Life on my personal Instagram page at Justin Bizarro, J-U-S-T-I-N-B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And you can see what we're talking about here. The massive amount of people, the barbecues, the tailgating, the whole thing. So I want to admit this is an entrepreneur podcast. So... I want to take this because I'm actually still wowed by this experience. Obviously, while we're recording at 10 o'clock at night, Denver time in our basement, I mean, in our garage on Sunday, on Sunday, just got back, just got back from the experience. But also, actually, before I get into that, we were in New Orleans on Friday night and we're on Bourbon Street after we went out to dinner and there were probably a hundred thousand Florida fans running around, Would, wouldn't you say? Oh, completely. It was packed. We'd been there before, but this was a different level full. Although I've never been to Mardi Gras, so I'm sure that's all, I mean, even another even level. Move. But There were so many, and they were Gator fans in from Florida. But my thing is this. Where were they all in the stadium? Like, I still can't figure it out because literally you looked around this 102-plus thousand stadium and it's all white, gold, and purple. I think that, but I mean, did you notice on the visitor side, there was a very, very small section right behind their players that, and you could see their, the orange colors. But other than that, I think they must've stayed in New Orleans and watched in bars and stuff. It's, but you travel all the way from Florida <laughs> just to watch it in an, a city an hour and a half away. Well, they did say that people come in every weekend and New Orleans, I guess is just busting when it's both, um, when they have LSU games or when they have Saints games or when they have uh, basketball. So they were saying that's huge. Well, I think it's kind of crazy in that there was also all these Florida co-eds and alumni also tailgating there. We weren't on that side where they, they had them. But as we were walking out, we saw quite a bit of debauchery. And sadly... I've got to say this, and this is no offense to anyone, but it's interesting how much the LSU fans and the tailgates clean up after themselves. Oh, it was pristine. Pristine. But the Florida area? Yeah, it was pretty. It was bad. And I hate to say it, Florida, you guys kind of take care of, I don't care if you lose a game, that's no reason to leave the areas you guys tailgate at trashed. So I'm just saying it, like, it's part of life. You know, you see something, fix it. Don't. You know, if you're the only one picking up after yourself or there happens to be a Florida Gators alumni or student listening to this podcast, encourage your people to clean up after themselves. It's a good thing, you know. I remember at the World Cup, Japan, 
after every game that Japan was in, their fans would help clean the stadiums in yeah, Russia. Yeah, pretty amazing. Win, lose, or draw. Period. Respect the people. It's a good habit to create from a business standpoint. You want to run your own business, you're going to clean toilets, you're going to clean trash cans, and you're going to get dirty. So you might as well do it now and set an example. And you should hold your friends accountable to the same thing. Just my opinion. Probably get some hater mail from the Gators. <laughs> Just Gator want to haters. represent well, right? But And I love the Gators fans in general. This there was, Like I said, it wasn't all. We met a lot of nice people in New Orleans. We talked to Gators fans in our hotels. So it's not everyone, but anyone Can I say there. what I loved about the Gators fans? Sure. <laughs> it was fun. So when we were in New Orleans and it was on Friday night, um, all of a sudden, you know, I was looking out the window at the restaurant I was in at the street on Bourbon Street, and I saw everyone looking one direction. I was like, well, what's happening? And then all of a sudden, you know, you start hearing music and whatever, and they had started their own little parade. And they had a car that was a convertible, and in it they had an enormous, like, inflatable alligator. And then they were, like, yelling and calling out for all of the Florida fans to come get in and join. And it was kind of fun. People were, like, going out in the street and joining in to the little parade they created. It was impromptu, yeah. and it was fun. And I'll say this, one of the things I liked is in in one of the urinals, bathrooms I went in (laughs) in the stadium, there was a little gator, whether it was a beaded, most of them were beads, like Mardi Gras beads with a gator at the end in the toilet, in the, in the uh, urinal. So you could pee on the gator, (laughs) which I thought was just so clever. And again, the culture of it all, you know, I think the culture of it all is just so important, but how do you build it? I mean, obviously, you know, I've heard, I've read, you know, I think it was Sports Illustrated did a thing of the top 10 party schools in the United States. LSU wasn't on it, but they got an asterisk saying LSU was actually not an amateur partying school like the other 10 that it was a professional. <laughs> so they, it was in a league of its own. So that being said, I can see the stigma in a bad way, but what it does is it creates this crazy culture over years and they, it's unique. Their colors are unique. I mean, no one would normally wear purple and yellow and <laughs> except Deborah when she's skiing. I know it's what my ski suit looks like. And every time I put it on, I'm like, God, I look like LSU. Yeah. <laughs> Although now, you know, before I was, didn't really love the two colors together, but, um, now that I've been to a game, you know, I, it actually makes me a little sad. Both my daughters, um, they have a link to LSU and they never went and saw it. And I'm kind of sad they didn't. I think they would have loved it. It's, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, campus. it was amazing. It's gorgeous campus too. I mean, and I just think the experience, I'm l- uh, so blown away by it. Um, but let's talk about how this translates to business. I mean, can you get a business to have that type of culture, loyalty, and dedication to their business or to what they're believing in like people are dedicated and loyal to sports? How do you create the same competitive environment? I mean, there's definitely tradition in it, you know? I mean, I feel, I think you can. I mean, I'm even thinking about, so we have a facility we're building in Georgia, and it used to be the old Central State Hospital. And think of when we walk around, and people are like, they all have a link to it. They all have a story. They all, you know what I mean? There's definitely that. And so, and I think we have some of that in our own company. I mean, we have people 
really long-term employees, people who've been with our company longer than our company's been in existence because they worked for Angelo prior to. And so, I mean, I think you can create that. And I think especially if uh, it's something you want to have, it's, I think making it a focal point definitely helps too, right? Because then you can create activities. I mean, you see uh, team building events and things like that. I think you can kind of create some of that. And I, I think so. I don't, I mean, it's crazy because I mean, it's a goal. Like now I've seen it now. I'm like, how do I get us there as a company? How, because it's, there's competition involved. And as competition, you have people who are your competitors, but you also, everyone's working, everyone's on the football team. But that being said, as people retire and stuff, which is like they graduate, they now become your alumni and your fans and stuff like that. How do you create it where they're loyal? Businesses used to be that way. They used to, used to work right. for for life, used to have pride in it. You, if you worked at a Ford plant, you only bought a Ford car, and that was your pride and joy. But we don't have that anymore. People jump jobs. People are all over the place. We don't create that same culture in our workplace anymore. Right. I mean, I think there's a couple of things. One is is being part of a family, right? So if you create that family atmosphere, that creates that loyalty. And I think in today's world, especially with these with younger people coming into the workforce, everyone really wants to make a difference. And so I think it's relating back to people how they're making a difference. And actually, you know, Justin started a leadership program in our company and I think it's pretty phenomenal and we've had an interesting, it's kind of created a new vocabulary amongst the people who have signed up to do it. And I think we actually have more people who are, who didn't sign up, who are wanting to sign up, which is kind of a cool thing too. But I think that is also something that's creating that. But as part of this leadership program, uh, we're reading a variety of different books and in those different books, um, you know, we're learning just so many different tangible skill sets. And one of them though, I think Justin has kind of taken as a takeaway is really kind of relating back to the employees, how it affects them. So, I mean, obviously we have all different types of people who work in our company from the front part of the house that's doing the books and the billing and all of that to people who are in the kitchen who are cooking and cleaning and doing all of the tasks in there, maintaining equipment, whatnot. And, you know, Justin has started taking on the task of bringing everyone together when we go into the kitchens and kind of talking with them a little bit and letting them know like why we're in town and who we're meeting with and how that impacts them and what their role is and how it's, you know, seen by the end user or whatnot. I think things like that really build loyalty is because all of a sudden now everyone who's at work knows why they're doing what they're doing and who's using it and how it impacts them. You know, when someone is sitting there and they're making salads and they have to make 7,000 of them today, they don't necessarily think about that it's going into a hospital room and that salad might be giving someone the nutrition to help them heal or lets their family know that their loved one who's in the hospital is being taken care of. Well, and I think part of the other thing is, is I agree. Thank you for the compliment. <laughs> You're one. Welcome. But number two is that hardship is an interesting thing. And at LSU, it is pride to go there and graduate with a degree from LSU. 
you know, everyone wants to go there. Not everyone goes. And even if they don't go there, they're still fans. But there is this sense of needing to complete it and get that degree from there because of the brand, because of you want to be part of that culture. And how do we create as a company that same thing where they want to go all the way through retirement? And part of it, I think, is you need people to grow where education does the same thing. It helps you grow. It gives you an experience. You know, the football, the the sports, the friends, the fraternities, the so on and so forth, the classes. And, you know, <laughs> it's built something. But how do you do that at work? I mean, we we often look at our places we work as we come in, we worked, the person gives their time. We give them money, right? right? And why is it that way? I, it, it's, it shouldn't be that way because we're, we spend more time with the people we work with than actually our own families the majority of the time. So True. 40 hours a week is a lot of time. Right. It's more time than we spend, like I said, one-on-one -on -one with anyone. And I'm not saying that those relationships are more important than our family, but what I am saying is why don't we invest in them more as companies? Because we don't. We see our employees as a way to make revenue. Right. And, and I'm not saying we as in Deborah and I, I'm saying we as an overall concept. Right. Business to employee. Right. I mean, I definitely think that our company, um, I mean, I've seen what the leadership in our company does. I've seen the financial strain they'll put themselves through for the betterment of the company and the employees, making sure they have great benefits, doing things like that. So I definitely think that um, our company, for one, they do a great job at that. Um, but yes, I think, you know, a lot of people are looking out for the almighty dollar and they make all their decisions, not all, but a lot of decisions based on, on the bottom line. And, but I think, in today's world, especially with people wanting to work places where they get to make a difference, that investment into the employees is going to be really vital. And I think we're going to see companies, their success partially driven by that factor. Because in order to get those really great employees, they're going to have to offer that lifestyle, that investment into their employees. Well, and I think one of the things that's going on in what happens is when economies do well, there's less job vacancies. And when there's less job vacancies, jobs become more competitive. And companies have to compete more to get good employees. And in order to do that, it goes beyond just money. You know, they want a good work environment. They want to grow. What, is, what are their goals moving forward? And But there's got to be more. There's got to be, you know, weirdly hardship or, or life or whatever. Why are people so loyal in college? They're all going through the same thing in educational process. They're figuring out their lives as adults, basically getting out of the nest. They're got friends. They're, they're learning their own. They're growing together. They sort of lean on each other. It's almost like this intermediary stage in the United States that kids go from the nest, their home into college, sort of blossom in an environment where they're all doing it together and then move on. I mean, you may not have the same things in common now, for me exactly, 20 years later out of college versus what I did in college with the people I met, but you have an experience. And at LSU, one of those experiences is football. 
But the thing that's so interesting about LSU is the fan base goes so much further than the students, the alumni, the faculty. It's it's literally a statewide thing. I mean, think of the people that that invited us. We asked them. Neither of them graduated from LSU, but it's because it's part of their it's part of their culture. It's part of their family. They they grew up doing it, and so it's interesting that the the fan base for LSU is so much larger and that's pretty phenomenal. But I think that, you know, you can kind of see, I mean, heck we left and we're like huge fans now. Right. I mean, we fell in love with it. We're like, that's such a cool environment. So fun, you know? Uh, And it was just neat too. And think about all the people we met at, at the particular tailgate that we were at. I mean, one, it was quite large, but even the people we met, like the way that they all knew each other, it's because they have kids who play basketball together or kids who, and when I'm saying kids, I mean, younger kids, you know, middle school age kids. Um, and they have kids who are, you know, go to schools together. And so it doesn't even necessarily have to do with LSU. No, and a majority of them didn't even right. go to LSU. Right. So, which I think is an interesting thing. Like, what if we as business people thought of delivering service, delivering an expectation, delivering products in such a high level that we thought of every customer as a potential fan instead of a customer? I mean, I think there's a lot to that, right? Because then, I mean, I think looking at it, it's not just, um, it's our fan base. If you're looking, if you're going to equate it to the people who touch businesses, it's not then, I mean, I think it's your employees, it's your clients, but it's also the ripple effect, right? Of the people that it impacts. And so it's kind of an interesting concept. It's majorly interesting. (laughs) I, it, but it, I mean, it I think is. it's, yeah, I mean, it's a great way, right? You want to make fans of people. You want to make them fans of your company so that you can, I mean, really word of mouth is everything, right? I mean, it's the yeah. best advertising you can have is when someone says something good about your company. You can't get better, better advertising than that. No. And LSU is not getting better advertising than it can right now out of two perfectly random people who have never been there before doing this podcast. <laughs> right. I mean, so it is that it's where not only do the people that work for you talk about it and are fans of the company that you create and work there because you give them a good environment and that's beyond money. That's beyond compensation. That's open heart. That's investing in them. That's helping them grow. That's whatever it is that you need to do to make your company grow and create a culture. But it's also doing the same for your customers and your clients. Right. I mean, if you think about it too, from that standpoint, I mean our connection to going to the tailgate was, I believe it was Mike's, someone in Mike's family had gone to LSU. So he grew up doing it. So there's one distance. He didn't go there. And then from there, we met him through business. So there's layer number two. And then through us all doing business together, we've become friends and he invited us. Right. So there's like three layers of separation to, of how far removed we are from actually having attended the school or having some firsthand account of it. Yeah. And I mean, Deborah and I travel a lot and we've been, I'd wager about over a hundred cities across the country, across the world. And I don't think I've ever experienced anything like it. 
I mean, I can't say that I've ever seen culture that way. I know like Google and Apple and Facebook, you hear about these cultures and these campuses and this loyalty and this pride, and they give a lot to their employees, food and all of that they can afford to, but not every company's them. There's not instant overnight successes. And even those weren't really overnight successes or have millions of dollars coming in where they can afford that. So how do you do it otherwise? Because LSU is doing it. LSU's spending the money on football, spending the money on education, and these people are shilling out money. I mean, $9 for a beer. <laughs> it was $9. You bought, and beer that was, was interesting, $9. too. And no qualms. People are paying it, no qualms. But that's interesting, too, because both at CU and we were just at SMU, both of those stadiums, you can't buy alcohol. So nope. it's interesting that they do have alcohol inside the stadium. A lot of universities have gone away from that. Well, just and, as a side note. <laughs> no, I agree with you, but I mean they're making money. Right. I mean it's not just the sale of the ticket for $110, it's the other, you know, right, by the well, time we you didn't buy, buy them, but they were given to us, thank you Mike. <laughs> and uh and we'll give a plug to Tremontes, that's why we were there. And but we spent another $50 on food and beverages. Right. And and we had already eaten. And we had already eaten. And drink. And right. drink. But still, yeah. And so, I mean, that's additional money's right there. You know, two $7 hot dogs, a $9 burger, $9 beer, a $5 soda, so on. It's, and however much the peanuts were, the spicy Cajun peanuts, which were right. phenomenal. You know, and they're really stuffing people in the stadium. They're making I mean, their it money. it was tight. It's hard to walk by when you have to, like, walk out of the row. Tighter than... I think any other stadium I've been in, but you know, it's, it's just an interesting concept too. I mean, you know, you think back to when the attitude was the customer's always right. And I think a lot of businesses still feel that way, but you know, it's, I feel like that's a little bit of an older, older thing that you used to hear in business. You don't hear that as much anymore, but I think there's a lot said for that, right? Because it's a, It's not a matter. I mean, you're, there's going to be mess ups, right? That's just how it is. Things are going to happen from time to time. You're going to have a problem. So it's not in, try, I mean, of course you try not to have problems, but it's how you handle the problem when you have the problem. Because if you can correct it and you can bring it all around to being completely where the customer's satisfied, you still have a fan. You still have, you know, a scenario where you're, you know, making a positive impact. Well, I think you, and that should be the goal. How do you, every person that works in a company, you want them to go out and make fans of your company or of your product or whatever. So, I mean, that's a pretty big deal because that's what LSU is doing. Every alumni, every kid there, every football player, every fan that didn't go to school there is making, is selling their product. Right. But it's, you know, but did they do it with intent or was that just what ended up happening? Because they've had such longevity. Who knows? <laughs> Either way, it was it's super working. cool. And it's definitely, I think it's definitely something that would be beneficial to, for companies to focus on. I mean, I th we currently do. We, we're actively trying to make sure our employees love their jobs and, you know, know their mission and are all part of it. Well, I mean, but the thing is, is intentionally they are spending God knows how much money on a football program. I mean, these guys right. were enormous. We were at SMU at Deborah's 
uh, daughter's family weekend a weekend ago and compare the size of the athletes and the athleticism. And that's nothing. Those guys at SMU are, are freaking right. super They're athletes. amazing. But these guys are all of a sudden like super, super athletes and athleticism. And you're watching the game and you're like, am I watching professional football? Because some of these guys speed. Like we watched a guy break down the line for LSU running down the football. And this guy on Florida, the fastest I've ever seen lightning. anyone run. Lightning. You know, grease lightning. <laughs> and so, I mean, it is that, though. They're spending the money on the programs. You know, they're giving people a reason to be loyal and giving a reason for people to be competitive against other schools. So now I'm competitive with my football team, but I'm also competitive with my education. But also, weren't we looking, and it's not like they have that many national titles, correct? Uh, well, so there's something because how long the national titles came into play, there's actually, I believe, and I can't remember exactly, there's like 11 unclaimed titles or something like that. And they actually have three claimed titles or it's something like that. I don't remember what it, what it is, but it's because the national title thing didn't come in until I believe the fifties. Right. So it's 58, 2003 and 2000. Seven, I want to say they have national titles, but they have a bunch of SEC right. titles. But my point is, is that even when they're not winning, you know, you consider that the football program's been going 125 years. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's not just because they win. It's, it's because it's a culture. It's a lifestyle. It's, it, people have adopted it. It's just ingrained in who they are. It's not, they no one turns their back on them when they have a bad yeah. season. They're still fans through and through. Yeah, and I don't know if SMU won this weekend, but I thought they were 6-0 and after we left right. SMU last weekend. Now after this weekend, we were just there. LSU is 6-0. and I mean, that matters, obviously. For but sure. I, but, I mean, you can, it's contagious. That's the, pro, that's the thing is that business culture is contagious, and I think – while they may have not done it exactly on purpose, you create loyalty, you create a mascot, you create something to be behind. I mean, Apple and Facebook are great. I, people recognize them like the company. There's no mascot. There's no competitive thing. Who's Facebook's competitor? No one. This is where competition is good because you're rallying against something else. You know, who's Google's competition? I would say Google probably has more competition from Safari and things like that than than anyone else, but, or internet explorer, maybe, but, you know, Google, whatever it used to be, Google plus or something, I think right. was the Facebook competitor, but it, I don't even know if it exists anymore. It just was, I mean, truly amazing. I mean, I, Justin put me up on his shoulders and I mean, literally just people as far as I can see, I, I couldn't believe it. And then all of a sudden they clear the road and in come, you know, the cheerleaders and all the football players and they're followed up by, you know, policemen who are on these beautiful horses. And then it was just amazing. And then in comes the marching band, which is enormous. Know. <laughs> you know, it was huge. It was so fun though. I mean, it's quite the experience. I mean, the student fans and the, it's pretty cool. So, all right, Deborah. So if you were to create a culture in a business, how would you do it based on what you saw? How would you create a culture? I mean, 
it's different than sports to some degree. Same on the other. I don't know. I mean, I really think that what we've what we've got going on right now with this leadership program is a great start. I think uh, having everyone having a similar vocabulary and having a common mission and working towards a goal, knowing what they're doing and why they're doing it is a huge help. It's really, you know, kind of build some camaraderie and gets everyone pointing in the same direction. It's easy. And, you know, even when you're working together, right? Like sometimes everyone's got different objectives. They have different parts of the job. And so sometimes it's easy to, you know, there can be disagreements about maybe prioritizing or whatnot, but when everyone starts to understand the grand scheme, the grand picture, they then can decipher their part of it and it gets everyone going in the same direction. So I think that in and of itself is huge. And then also facing outward, uh, really keeping customer satisfaction as a priority is huge. Uh, I mean, I think those are the two things really working with the employees and working with the clients and, being consistent. Consistency stands for a lot. Following through. Yeah, and I th- and I personally think it's less about closing the deals Agreed. and more about making an impression. Agreed. We try to sell or hard sell so much in the world right now. Everyone's so like, I got to hit my quota. I got to do this. And there's this pressure to sell. But really, all you need to do is demonstrate your capabilities in the best way possible and leave it up to the person to make the decision. You know, try to show them what your products do or your services do, but you're trying to demonstrate it in a way that's not pushing. Because once we start pushing, and there's too much of it, I gotta be honest, someone starts pushing me, I don't, I'm done anymore. But you gotta, like, if you small chat me, get to know me, talk to me, put my guard down. That's part of it. You're, and not only that, but you're demonstrating to me that you can handle it through your actions. It's not, you should do this because there's, you know, we, the quick sell and, and short sightedness. LSU's 126 years, we just said. It wasn't built overnight. That culture wasn't built overnight. It was built off a long term vision on, of education and football and sports and, creating a life for kids where they could go out in the world after they left there to be better human beings. For you sure. Know? And I yeah. think that's most universities. Don't get me I wrong. think the idea though of putting out, um, not really always being concerned with the goal of always getting the client. I think the idea is you always want to represent well, you want to clearly define who your company is, what you're capable of, not to oversell, you know, if you can't do something it's, and you tell them you can, that's just going to end up in a disaster, right? So it's really about identifying and clearly letting it be known who you are and what you are, because even if it doesn't work with this client, not everyone's a great match, right? Like we're not the perfect fit for everyone. We don't do everything, right? So we're, we're only going to fit with certain people. And so while we might not be a perfect match for someone, you never know how that impacts that, right? And then that's the word of mouth. They might be like, gosh, you know, this doesn't work for me, but you know, three years down the road, they meet someone else and they're like, you know, who you should talk to about that. Right. Well, and then so they pass it along about this. Right. So let's talk about it. You and I are never going to pay money to go to LSU for an education. Correct. Correct. Right. But we are talking about what a great experience it is. For sure. And there are people out there whose kids 
unlike Deborah's kids, my stepkids who aren't in college, who are looking to go to a college. Right. So even though they didn't sell the two of us, per se, they, they could, right. they we could would inadvertently still, sell someone through us by making a Although we a good did say, oh my us. gosh, when there's, someday there's grandkids, those, we should be sure to have them look here if, they want, if they're you know, interested in a big school. Yeah, I and even the big school you felt small because it was a family. That, right. That's the craziest thing. That's right. The that is thing. for sure. How do you do that in a business? Also, is no matter how big you get, do you keep it small enough where you feel like a family? Everyone was so friendly. So friendly. Seriously, like, like we knew people for twenty years. <laughs> it's true. And, they were friends and, and giving hugs, and you know, everyone yeah. wanted to make sure we were having a good time, and you know, it included us in everything. I got to do the shot ski. <laughs> <laughs> It was a shot oar. Oh, it was an oar. It was no, mine was a ski. They oh, had they one had, with an oar, and then they had a Scott Gator, it, like a Gator. Yeah, they had a Gator, a shot Gator. Yeah, but I think to back to what we're saying is how you know you're talking about grandchildren and big schools and it being a family in a world where everyone's worried about hugging and personal space and we might offend someone and all that, that is not what's going on there. And here's the point I really want to drive in the home about creating culture in your business. If you put up walls, people are never going to be close and you're, you're putting up walls for the people. You can't hug someone at work. Yes. You should respect people's privacy, but you need to empower the individuals to say, I don't want to be hugged, not create the wall for them where everyone has to follow it. And now there's no culture or close relationships because what is culture built off of family, right? There's a sense of loyalty because everyone's family, why they have LSU in common, right. whether they're an alumni, whether they're just a fan, whether their kids know each other and they're in their fans because they all go to the same barbecue tailgate, you know? For sure. I mean, it was interesting just getting to meet everyone. I, I mean, I was still kind of blown away by how everyone was connected to one another. And it was just, it, it was like a, a whole big, you know, tree that branched out in a million different directions. And I was thinking that they would all have some commonality that they were like, Oh, we all went there. And you know, these guys were all fraternity brothers or, you know, I thought there was going to be something like that. And it so wasn't, it was just, you know, when it fractured in a million different directions of how everyone was related to each other, but everyone's like, looks forward to their Saturdays together. And it was a blast. Yeah, And not to mention how many food trailers that people are telling are personal ones. These aren't business <laughs> ones. Well, there are business yeah. ones their personal ones that are decked out as LSU. Oh, I mean, huge I mean, RVs. And... Free marketing. Oh, completely. For the school. I'm sorry, RVs and... and what oh, it saying? went on. Just, I was, I mean, the whole scene, it just went on and on and on. If Deborah and I didn't drop a pin where we parked the car... We did drop a pin. If we didn't. <laughs> I know. We would have been screwed. Because we still had a hard time even with dropping a pin because it kept telling us we were like, so we walked around the same building, I think three times yeah. until Justin finally was like, got oriented and he was like, oh wait. And he recognized, I think like a dumpster or something. <laughs> you know, the agricultural <laughs> building, which was incredible in and of itself. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't, my whole school could have fit into that building at Dickinson College where I went to undergrad university at North Carolina is where I went to grad school. So that's the biggest school I've seen, but still it wasn't this. Yeah. Basketball is pretty big at UNC, but not. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen in terms of pure loyalty to a product. 
So all the way back to the beginning of our conversation, you asked me, so why did we leave so early? Well, you can only, I mean, we ended up uh, just as a coincidence running into Mike and so he jumped in our car. So he was able to like weave us in and out of like where we ultimately to find us a parking space that was pretty close. And it wasn't charged parking. Phenomenal. No. I mean, I didn't see any charged parking actually. Nope. Anyway, um, but I can imagine had we not had him with us, you could have parked miles away because he had told us, he said, you know, you want to make sure you're there. He's like, because from when you, from how long it'll take you to park, to walk to me, he said, it'll probably take you two hours. I was like, two hours? I kind of couldn't believe it. But now I know what he's talking about. Because you've got to figure half a million people are getting there somehow. And so they all have to park somewhere. But let's talk about that. I know we keep going. But let's talk about that part of the culture. Because as long as you don't park someone in and they can still get out, you could pretty much park anywhere other than a fire lane. I know he was showing us too. And he's like, you know, these people, you know, he had a strong opinion about how they're not very smart (laughs) because they had parked. It was a sloped area. And I guess when it rains, the grass in that particular area gets quite slick. And some, and he's like, if it starts raining, he's like, you're going to, we'll come back and you're going to see some of those cars in the lake. (laughs) Yeah. In the canal also. Yeah. The lake, the canal. But the thing was, is the school's not towing people or ticketing people no and, you know it's not a revenue source for them because they see a different why the short-term vision of parking ticketing everyone there right short term it's short-term cash what's the bigger term i'm what's thinking the though that it must have been like when you're if you were off campus i bet they charge out there Probably. i mean we didn't have to deal with that because he just right yeah but, but i bet on there is campus why not let people park there? Why not right. let people be a part of the game? Why not let people see the band march in? You're creating a culture and a loyalty, and I guarantee you people are going to spend more money in the long run than one parking ticket. Yeah. Well, and even the fact that, like, they, except for that one area we saw, people don't pay to put their tent down. Nope. It's just like a history. It's, you kind of, it has, you have to inherit it. Well, even that, there was probably, I would wager 200 tents that people pay for that have couches brought in and catering brought in. And tables so you and could chairs pay for yeah. an area as an alumni or a group or a company, or you could set your own up. But I mean, even that, like there's people partying and, and having company because they probably don't even have tickets to the game. They just Most have these of them tents. Don't. It's an entertainment. Right. It's a write-off. Right. And outside of the event. <laughs> it's its own event out there though, truly. Yeah. And mean, it's amazing too, because I mean, people would walk up and, you know, just everyone was welcome at everyone else's tent. I mean, I'm yeah. sure they invite their own people, but I think it probably just all comes out in the wash. Well, and the other awesome thing I thought is any students can go to anyone's tailgating tent. They were very welcoming. You right. know, they had to wait because the people that were guests could be there first. But and they would feed, offer drinks to anyone. Like this whole culture of taking care of their own. Yeah, taking it was amazing. care of their people, taking care of their fellow fans, you know. So I think that matters as well. So, what do you want to leave it with, Deborah? Give me three points to exit us. Oh man. Um, well, I would say that LSU's a super cool school, yeah. and I think from going there, beyond having a good time and having fun with friends. 
it kind of showed us a, maybe an ideal, like it's a target to aim for Yeah. as, um, you know, how do you make fans out of your surrounding people, whether they're your employees, your clients, or even better to take it, you know, a couple notches past that. So I think that's probably my number one takeaway is, you know, really how, you know, that's an ideal to focus on. And then I would say, um, I would say another one was that the hospitality we were shown by Mike Tremonti, who owns Tremonti's and who we work with, we make some food for him that airs on QVC, uh, and, or actually on HSN. And I mean, that type of doing business together, I mean, we're so, we've been working together now for, I don't know, six months. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's really making friends with all the people that you work with. There's something about that camaraderie that, you know, again, it gets you all going in the same direction. And they were just such amazing hosts to us. So I would say that that was um, a really great takeaway. And um, you never know. You never never know who you're going to make an impression on or word of mouth. And I think that's what we're talking about here is that culture that you create goes deep beyond where you could ever imagine if you do it right. And it takes a while. And I think, you know, Companies used to do this a lot more, but I think it is important that companies do like bowling teams and indoor soccer teams and softball teams and things like that to get competitive with other groups. You may not compete against other companies, but I think there is a loyalty there that's really pretty important that people do and be a part of because the way we do things... Um, and the way we compete with one another through hardship and those competitive losses and wins does build loyalty and camaraderie and culture with that group. So thank you everyone for listening. Wait, I have a number three. What's number three? Go Tigers. Go Tigers. How do you spell go in this? (laughs) G-E-A-U-X. There you go. So thank you, Deborah, again, for taking time on a late Sunday night to do a motivational Monday. It's now almost Monday anyway. (laughs) And thank you, everyone, for listening in. We're doing this for free. Please pass it on to your friends. Please tell people. If you like what we're doing or you like this episode, share it with someone. That's all we ask. Uh, If you want to reach out to me, it's justin at thefoodentrepreneurs.com. And thank you, everyone, for listening in, and have a great Monday.